Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on a gorgeous Sunday morning in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And uh, it's uh, good to hear the opening play this week. It <laughs> is. Compared to last week when we were stumbling yeah, along. But we won't, we won't dwell on that. It's a gorgeous Sunday. And I tell you what, uh, I think the weather today is going to be, and tomorrow maybe even, will be one last burst of summer. They're talking about mid-80s. But, boy, I tell you what, Halloween is supposed to be 60% chance of rain and about 53 degrees and uh, pretty miserable. So uh, enjoy it while you can. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How y'all doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, doing, doing, doing good. It's a, this, this weather is, is a little, like I say, we haven't got done with the summertime yet. And, uh, but it, it, this is about the way the weather is when you go to Martinsville, except it's a little bit cooler. Well, we got Deb up there, and we'll find out from Deb. And let me, without, uh, well, I didn't really say hello to Ronnie. He's already voiced his uh, hello himself here. But good morning, Ronnie. How good are morning. you? Well, I saw two things today on my way to work I have never seen. UFO? No, I've seen one of those. <laughs> I've seen them sometimes, too. But I passed by Lifesong Church in, in Lyman this morning, uh-huh. and they had their parking lot blocked off and a carnival set up. There's a lot of those. And and I've never seen it on a Sunday morning. Yep. But then coming down 129 where they're building all those warehouses over there. Yeah. <clears throat> so a big Sikorsky helicopter. Holy cow. That somebody was using instead of a crane. To get Sky stuck. crane. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And I've never actually seen one in person. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Uh, that is weird. I was. Uh, that, that's cool. I rode around the. Uh, Greg's uh, sleazy neighborhood before I picked him up, and I'm just kidding, folks. It's probably the nicest neighborhood in, in Spartanburg. Not really. One of them. <laughs> One of them. But uh, I tell you what, the the leaves were go- I love fall. The leaves were gorgeous and were just blowing everywhere. I mean, just coming out of the trees almost like snow. And then there at Trinity, uh, is that Presbyterian? Trin- whatever Trinity Church is, they got the pumpkin patch. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there hundreds of pumpkins. Not as many as there was last week when I rode by it, but just, you know, very colorful, very fall-like. Uh, just a gorgeous time of the year, unless you like Carolina and Clemson, which was yesterday was a Saturday from hell. Over oh, oh two, yeah. <laughs> i tell you what. Uh, when well, I who read, did for the home team, was it? When they, when they put up some... Uh, Statistics like Clemson hasn't lost two games in a row since 2011. Yeah. Haven't lost two conference games in a row since 2010. Yep. Um, I tell you, that's, that's pretty rough. They're four and four, right? Uh, three and four. I think they're – are you? yeah, well, you're probably right. I don't I don't know. I, I can't I, – I, I, I was think thinking they were four and four and they got Notre Dame next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that will be fun. And of course, South Carolina uh, – Actually had some moments yesterday. They went down the field there one time and acted like they uh, might do something. But 
uh, Spencer Rattler with uh, intentional grounding. I mean, that was like those were. I couldn't believe one one you can overlook. Yeah, exactly. But it was like a part of the playbook. <laughs> I tell you what, and he's a good quarterback, and he's having a good year. And yeah. I, I hope he goes high in the draft. I think maybe he will. He's not getting talked about too much that I know of because I listen to uh, Dan Patrick and uh, Colin Cowherd every single day. Uh, and I don't hear him four and four. Yeah, that's what I thought. Clemson's four and four. I think I was thinking conference. Yeah, right. and Clemson, uh, South Carolina is what about one and five, two and five, two and four, two and five. I think I'll have to look that up. Uh, they I got can't... five games left, so that would make twelve. And uh, I believe they've got to win all the rest of them. They might be they might be one and six. I think they got to win the rest of their games to be bowl eligible, and uh, it's not happening. I don't know. But anyway. They're two and six. Two and six. All right. So, well, anyway. Yeah, so because they got, they got yeah, Jacksonville no, they... State, Vanderbilt. Uh, of course, we'll be on Sunday next week as well because the Jacksonville State game's a nooner. Uh, and then Kentucky and Clemson. So, yeah, they got to win all of those to go to a bowl game. And I tell you what, I, I, I can see the next two, but the last two, Kentucky, I think, are going to. Kentucky's, Kentucky's a pretty good team, and, they're, they're good and we year. went up there and beat them last year, and I think uh, they remember. They'll, so. they'll be revenge. Sort of like Texas A&M remembered yesterday. Yes. So uh, And Texas A&M's a pretty doggone good ball team. Uh, yeah, but I tell you what, the more I see Jimbo Fisher, the least I like him. <laughs> I I've never like been a big fan of Jimbo. I mean, when he was at, uh, he was at uh, Florida State for a long time. And looking over here on the other board, this is a racing show, but we'll get this out we'll of the way. We'll get there in a minute. Pretty good uh, – you took your life in your hands going to uh, Gaffney's Friday night, didn't you? Well, traditionally, yes, but uh, got out unscathed. Got out front early, too, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I know that you could never say the game wasn't in doubt. I was keeping up with the score uh, on our website here at uh, WSPG, and it, do I remember correctly? Was it like 17 to nothing at one time? It was 24 to nothing at one time. Good grief. See, I didn't know that. So, And uh, and that was, I mean, that was for the region championship. Yeah, region championship. So that was uh, good for them. I see Spartan High beat Dorman three, third year in a row. Right. Which was, uh, of course, I was there uh, right after they started playing Dorman, and we wouldn't think of losing to Dorman. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know when that that would that was uh, early late sixties early seventies yes uh, more like late sixties. I remember when Dorman tied Spartan High for the first time? I was at that game. I, no, I I was in Columbia at that time, but yeah. I do remember uh, uh, when uh, I didn't play a single high school game in the seventies. So I guess uh, yeah, my my career ended at at Anderson Hannah High School in uh, yeah. November of sixty nine. Congratulations to Landrum High School. They had to win this past Friday night to make the playoffs, and they did. Yeah, pretty handily, I see there. And uh, lost a heartbreaker to Liberty. And I was pulling. I, I like Chapman. I like Chapman a I lot. Do too. But Broome is, the, except for Spartan High, is the closest high school to my house. I mean, it's real close. I know, for a long time, it was the closest. And I think they were both undefeated, weren't they? Uh, but anyway, Chapman slipped by Broome. Anyway, that's enough for uh, that. We got some pro football today. With the battle of the first and second draft choices. <laughs> no kidding. Well, um, so, you know, Texans, uh, Houston Texans are playing at Carolina. Bryce Young, uh, you know, my son swears we picked the wrong guy. 
don't know if it's the wrong guy or just no support. Well, big change today. Frank Reich isn't calling the place. The coach, yeah. you know, he's he handed it off to the assistant, and I don't I don't know his name. Now, but when he was playing at, at uh, Carolina Panthers, yeah, I got to know him a little bit, and he is a great guy. He looks like a great guy. He really he doesn't is stand a, quite, a good family man. He doesn't stand very close yeah. to his shaver, but no. uh, he's uh, he seems like a good guy. But he's turned over to play calling duties to somebody else today. So anyway, that's the football and the weather. So. We got a few minutes here. We can talk about racing, and it is coming down to it. I'm telling you, all the series are over with. Let me say, as far as racing goes, we can't catch Deb. Right. If she doesn't get another point in the last uh, two races, and I get two wins, I'll miss it by a point. So Deb is the champion. She will get custody of the uh, Nelson Crozier Memorial Trophy if I can pry it out of the hands of Alan Cole, uh, Alan Kowalski. Alan Hill, so uh, but I think Alan will gladly turn it over. Oh, I think so. I hope so. If not, we'll have to. We'll, we'll have to get his brother to get it for us mm-hmm. <laughs> at Christmas or something. Thanks, no, Alan. Alan said he he was ready to send it today up this whenever. I don't know if you know. I, I mean, I don't know if I want to mail that thing. I was thinking about just maybe we ought to run it up there too, or Greg and take her to lunch some week. Yeah. Like after, because I'm off for two weeks around Christmas. But we'll, we'll talk about that we'll, later. We'll get that figured out. Yeah, but, count uh, me in on that if you go. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, we already need a bigger car. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to take my truck so I can take my chair. Okay. So you, we could go in two vehicles. I'm used to that. All right. But we'll plan all that out. We'll see what Deb's got. She may not want us up there. Very well could be. But anyway, we... Uh, I don't know if I would want us up there. She's, uh, if I she, were her. She's the champ. Oh, I got to get a little nameplate made over at Larry's Trophies and get it stuck on the trophy. So, uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, the big day at Martinsville today. If you watched the Xfinity race yesterday, it was a good one. And I did not get to see it. I, mean, I was busy it was watching football. Demolition Derby. And well, I was recording it, and then with, um, and I would check over there every once in a while, and then was like, I don't know. 70 laps to go. Jeremy was uh, in and out of the top 10. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm just going to, the heck with what's happened before this, i got to watch it. And uh, I tell you what, they started getting uh, very rude with one another. <laughs> and uh, and they had a big, big crash on the backstretch, and Jeremy was in it. It was some nice, good camera time for WSPG Spartanburg, Fox, on the side of the car. But, but not the kind we want. Not, not, not pinned to the backstretch grandstand by a couple other cars yeah he did finish though he got it going again and i think he may have even finished on the lead lap i got it here but uh it sort of took the sap out of whatever he had going for him uh the um end of the race was was downright incredible because you've got a couple of guys like sheldon creed and jay um justin algeyer that have to win right and austin hill who's Creed's teammate, and Creed's not coming back. He's already going to uh, Gibbs next year in Xfinity, um, are both in. If if uh, if Hill wins the race, I think, and, uh, I mean, if Creed wins the race, because he's got to win to get in, and Hill's already won like three or four races this year, but is not in the playoffs, but I think a second place would have put him there. Uh, if they finish 1-2 like that, then Childress gets both these cars in. Well, Creed wrecked Austin Hill um, uh, 
at Bristol earlier, and there was some very hard feelings there. So then they're battling it out, and Justin Allgaier is right behind them uh, with a green-white checker, and they are, I mean, banging into each other on that last lap. And coming off the last turn of the last lap, Creed is ahead of Austin Hill, and I haven't heard the term used yet. You'll both know what it is. I know you will, Greg. He brake-checked him mm-hmm. but because yep. the term wasn't used, but he, um, Austin Hill said he, he parked coming off the fourth turn, and he was battling for the win, which he had to have. So it kind of doesn't make sense that he would do that to his teammate, but he did. It, it happened anyway. Yeah. He, Austin Hill rammed uh, um, Sheldon Creed very hard, popped his radiator, and we're talking about a couple of hundred yards to the finish line. Uh, and behind them, they start, I, I don't know if it was the fluid coming out of the front of uh, um, Hill's car, but they were bouncing off the walls. I think Jeremy got a piece of this one, too. And a couple of really hard hits. Um, Jeb Burton hit that inside pit wall right at the finish line. It lifted the car off the ground. Uh, so Justin Allgaier beating and banging with Creed goes across the finish line side by side with his nose out front. Allgaier had to win the race to get in. He won the race. He is in. Sheldon Creed was second. He's not in. And he took out his, his children's teammate. So it looked like Childress was on the brink of having two cars in the final four, and he ends up with zero. And uh, I tell you what, there were some hard feelings after the race. They interviewed Austin Hill, and he was saying things like, uh, um, I mean, he was mad, but he was really composed uh, more than a lot of people would have been. I don't know how he's going to feel next week at Phoenix. He may send him clean up into the rattlesnake country. But uh, he he said, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to his him getting out of here is pretty much what he said yeah. and his new adventures over at uh, Gibbs and, um, they, and they interviewed Creed and he said yeah I'm not proud of what I did but I, I didn't really pound him and I'm saying you break checked him although nobody will use the term we'll see if now I just got a feeling when I mentioned this to Deb here in about two minutes <laughs> or a little longer than that she's going to not think it was a break check look at it and give me your own opinion he slowed down and it was bad enough for Hill to bust his radiator, and all the cars behind him crashed I, I, in the fluid or in the just in the mix-up. It was the last turn of the race, so uh, it showed uh, it showed Richard Childress getting down off his hauler, and the announcers were saying Rick Allen was saying something like, "I bet he can't believe what he just saw," you know, from in to not in at all. And Jake was sitting over there while I was preparing for the show, and this was hours later. And he said Andy Petrie just punched uh, Sheldon Creed. I cannot find any evidence of that anywhere. Andy Petrie, I guess, works for uh, Childress in some capacity, a uh, competition director. You know, I don't, I don't have any idea. We'll find all that out. And let's find it out as soon as we have these commercials. And um, we'll talk to Deb Williams, and she's at the track, boots on the pavement. So uh, she may not be there know. yet. Deb will let us know what's going on. She'll let us know what's going on. Champion. Deb Williams. Mm-hmm. She is the champion, no doubt about it. We'll be oh. right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. <laughs> 
Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Set your alarm. All right. I've added it to reminders. 7 a.m. Every weekday, Spartanburg's best sports is on Bumpin' the Rock. Hosted by Tyler Sugar. That's the guy. That's the hero. We're talking sports and other stuff. Hear from local high school and college coaches, including USC Upstate, Clemson, and South Carolina. Two hours to begin your day. The Bumpin' Runway. Right here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. If you're looking for a new camera or lens, then you'll want to stop in at Spartan Photo Center November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. That weekend, there will be special deals on camera gear, accessories, tripods, bags, and memory. Spartan Photo Center will also have a used Photo Pro on hand buying gear, so you can trade in your old gear for new gear and get a bonus too. Buy, sell, or trade Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. See our website, SpartanPhotoCenter.com, for more specials and deals. 108 Garner Road, Spartanburg. Call 864-583-6835. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And on top of the newly acquired title of Hall of Fame Motorsports Journalist, we've got to add Nelson Crozier Memorial Award point champion, Deb Williams. Good morning, Deb. Good morning. I tell you, that's a wonderful news to hear on this beautiful fall morning headed to Martinsville. Well, you know what? We'll get into talking about the racing, of course. But when uh, when Kyle uh, Larson tried to take down the, the P 
pit wall last sat, last Sunday. I said, you know, all I need is one point, and I'm not eliminated, and I couldn't do it. So, uh, congratulations, <laughs> congratulations from your championship, and uh, couldn't happen to a nicer lady. We love you, and uh, hope you will uh, conduct yourself in a manner befitting of a champion, and we don't have to revoke the the and give it to the second place person, which is me. <laughs> Well, thank you. I deeply appreciate it. Nelson was a very special friend, and I miss him so much. I can't tell you how many times I think of of him and, and wish he was here to for me to ask him questions. So, um, you know, we all miss Nelson. He's uh, he was very special. Very. He and Alan Kowicki are the two most intelligent people I've ever known. Wow. I don't well, know that we ever asked him a question that he didn't know the answer to. That's that's very true, and. Uh, Deb, we um, there's a silver lining to to Nelson. Of course, no, we lost him uh, to uh, some insidious disease. I don't even remember what it was now, but we got you. It was cancer. Yeah, well, we Thank got you. We got you, and uh, so that you, you're the silver lining, and now you're taking championships and laurels and all sorts of stuff from us. But uh, can't get much more exciting than the stock car racing is last uh, is right now with. Last week at Homestead and uh, and yesterday, and I'm sure today is going to not be a disappointment either, but let's talk about Homestead first, uh, which was last week, and the winner there was Christopher Bell, who was, he's coming on pretty strong here, as is Ryan Blaney. Uh, William Byron's hanging around close, and I tell you what, it was a, it was a very entertaining race, and I just, what, what happened to, to, um, the Kyle Larson was he just coming in too hot because he almost took Blaney with him? But man, what a what a monumental screw up! Yeah, that's what it was. He was coming in. He was trying to get everything he could, and I think Blaney slowed a little bit quicker than he anticipated. But um, you know, when he looked back at the replay of it, he said he just made a mistake that he was just trying to get everything he possibly could, and he just messed up. You know what it reminded me of, Deb? You remember? I couldn't, What's that? I couldn't tell you the year. You'll know it probably. But the year that Kurt Busch won the championship, and his wheel came off, and he just and he turned down into pit road. This was a homestead, and just barely missed the end of the pit wall, and uh, and ended up winning the championship. That's when Homestead was the last race of the year. That was two thousand four. Okay. Well, that's and the reason I remember it is that was my first year with Penske. Oh, okay. Well, and yeah, uh, yeah. so that's how I can remember that. Well, that was uh, that's what it reminded me of, anyway. But otherwise, uh-huh. um, it was uh, it narrowed down uh, uh, the the field as far as uh, a lot of people are in a desperate situation this weekend at uh, at Martinsville. And if yesterday, as I just said, is any indication, it's going to be a heck of a race. You've got a. Uh, um, trying to get my point standings here. Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, William Byron, <coughs> and Ryan Blaney are, are uh, in the top four right now. And the bottom four, Tyler Reddick, Martin Truex, who is the pole sitter, Denny Hamlin, and Chris Boucher uh, are right now on the outside looking in. Your thoughts? Well, you know, it's uh, Martin Truex Jr. has had a terrible playoff. He's only had one top ten in the entire uh, playoffs up to this point he could go either way Denny Hamlin I think because of his record here at Martinsville 
he is definitely expected to to get it either in on a win or point his way in. And, you know, it's just so much up in the air. I mean, you want to think that William Byron is safe since he's 30 points to the good, whereas uh, Blaney, I think, is, what, 10 points to the good? I'm driving right now, so I can't look at my stats. Um, um, but, um, he is, uh, yes, 10 points. Okay, he's 10 points to the good, whereas Tyler Reddick is 10 points below the cut line. And then you got Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., who are both 17 points each below the cut line. Uh, you're absolutely so, correct. You know, it just depends on who wins stage points, how this tire goes. Um, you know, they don't know how this new tire is going to go. It's got a deeper tread depth. The temperature is 20 degrees hotter than normal for I'm, a Martinsville race. Yep. Um, it was really interesting talking to the crew chiefs Thursday morning, NASCAR invited some of us to have breakfast with the eight crew chiefs in the playoffs. And, um, you know, the Rudy Fugel, William Byron's crew chief, is hoping that with this more tread depth on these tires and the hotter temperatures, that more rubber will be laid down and maybe create another lane and a half or two lanes, which will make passing uh, easier or make it to where they can do it more. But there's still those that say it's not going to change and uh, still going to be difficult to pass. And Denny Hamlin was talking about it yesterday. He said to give the horsepower back to maybe go back to 750 horsepower on the short tracks. And Chris Busher was talking about when he won the ARCA championship, he had the most horsepower he's ever had in a car. So they seem to think if they would give more horsepower back to the cars on the short tracks, they would have better short track racing. Well, I've never heard of a race driver or a or a, <laughs> or a mechanic or anything wish they had less horsepower. So I, I uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, you agree with that, don't you, over there, Mister Mister Flo? Yeah, Mister Gregory agrees with that. I mean, you know, you kind of. Bore the mare when it comes to horsepower and cubic inches. And like Betty Parsons said one time, he told me, he said, anytime you get six points a gear offered to you, turn the motor more. He yeah. said, of course you take. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's a fine line between, it looked like in those days, you know, the motors were blowing. Uh, but yeah, but Deb, tell us, tell us what, what else is going on. Well, Eric Amarola came out yesterday morning and said it's official. He will not be coming back to um, Stuart House Racing next year. Uh, that had been rumored for several weeks, so that was really not a surprise to anyone. And uh, the rumor had also been for several weeks that Smithfield would be not coming back either. And um, so that was confirmed yesterday as well. I, I so, kind of get the idea that those two are closely related. It, it, from what I read, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seemed like Amarola doesn't want to run without Smithfield. Is there any truth to that, or am I dreaming that? Well, no. Actually, what it was, you know, last year he announced, Eric announced that that was going to be his last year. Right. And the only reason he came back this year was because Smithfield wanted him to, and Smithfield talked him into it. Well, then that's where so, I get it from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
you know, I, I think this now, the thing that people's got to understand, Eric doesn't, he's just going to not, he doesn't want to drive full-time anymore. He wants to drive part-time. We may see him in the truck series. We may see him in the Xfinity series. He still wants to be involved in racing. So we're still going to see him, but just exactly how has yet to be determined. Yeah. Um, you know how they use people, different people in one of the, I believe it's the 19 Joe Gibbs Xfinity car, which brings me to the next topic, and that is just Jason Ratcliffe, who's been the crew chief on that car and was uh, is the winningest crew chief in the Xfinity series and was also Matt Kenseth's crew chief when Matt was winning at Joe Gibbs Racing. Jason said yesterday he's retiring at the end of the year. And um, and he's got one so, more race to 800, right? Uh, today's his eight, um, yesterday was his 800 Oh, was it yesterday? Race. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I thought it was interesting, too. Some of the drivers yesterday said that... Um, they were glad that NASCAR outlawed the hell mailing because, you know, they would feel obligated or they would try it yep. this year if they, they needed to. So they're glad that that uh, pressure is off of them. But, um, but what a great moment kinda, in the history of the sport. I mean, that was just it was. that was too oh, much. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it really yeah. was. And Denny Hamlin said that's where it belongs is in the sports history. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but uh, you know, to kind of get to Justin Allgaier and his fantastic win last night in the Xfinity Series, it was quite a day yesterday for the Allgaier family because his daughter was playing in a fast-pitch softball tournament in Thomasville, North Carolina, and his wife had been at the tournament earlier in the day. Then she left the tournament to drive to Martinsville for the race, and he got word that his daughter's team, she plays catcher, and she got her first home run yesterday, and they won seven games, and they won the tournament. Wow, that's So cool. his daughter won the tournament, and he won uh, a way into the championship round next weekend at Phoenix. And it was he, a uh, day for the Algar family. Yeah, and he mentioned that in Victory Lane about uh, it looked like he might even have had a tear in his eye, and his wife comes running up to him and grabs him and everything, and <laughs> after she'd driven up there. Uh, Greg, you want to say something, buddy? No, what, what I was going to say, and Deb's hitting it right, and y'all hitting it right, but there's kind of a, a terminology that I think we was looking for, talking about uh, this time of the year and drivers swapping teams and stuff, and uh, it term used called lame duck driver a lame duck driver mm-hmm. gonna, i'd forgotten about that yeah it's like if they're going to leave and they know they're going somewhere else they might just be in a little bit of limbo uh, or whatever now uh, i never saw uh, i never saw a lot of our race drivers do that but all our guys. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see Austin Hill put Sheldon Creed in the wall next week. Well, we're going to get to that right now. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, I, I, that was some heck of a finish. Uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed. I didn't send you a picture, I don't think. But we had a party for Jeremy Weed, the radio station, and uh, his sponsors had a party for Jeremy downtown Wednesday afternoon. And uh, he had the car there. And, of course, we were the main sponsor on the quarter panels with Spartan Waste on the hood. And uh, he got some pretty good airtime. He was running fairly well, except uh, the big crack-up that took out five or six cars on the backstretch. Late in the race, he 
continued after that, but that's not exactly how we wanted to get airtime. But uh, anyway, we were the primary sponsor on that car. But getting to what you were talking about, and I, I, I can't wait to discuss it, uh, it, it was just, I tell you what, uh, I, I've never really cared for Sheldon Creed, and I've, I, I talk about these drivers. I actually love all of them, but some I, I love less than others. And Sheldon Creed, Sheldon Creed has never impressed me uh, as much for various reasons, but I, I, get, I think yesterday he kind of reinforced it. Um, he, he and Austin Hill have uh, had, had a history anyway a little bit. I think they had a run-in at Bristol earlier this year and probably hundreds of others that, that I don't know about uh, in all the thousands of laps they've, they've raced together. But um, it looked to me, coming off the, the in the final lap, it was uh, Allgaier and Creed were side-by-side side battling for the win, and we're talking about the last turn. And Austin Hill is right behind Creed, who had pretty much Creed had bumped him out of the way. It looked to me, and the, the, the wording that Austin Hill used was he said he parked. It looked like to me it was a brake check. But whatever it was, it, it popped uh, – uh, Hill's radiator and uh, all hell broke loose behind him. And, I, you know, the only thing about it is if he was brake checking Hill and he's coming off the final turn for the win, you know, that's not that's not too good for him beating Allgaier to the line. But he, <laughs> but he almost did anyway. I mean, it was a dead heat and uh, all the mayhem behind him. Uh, I'm surprised there wasn't um, fisticuffs. Maybe they were, and I don't know about it. But, yeah. Go ahead and talk about that, Deb, because that was just a – and instead of Childers getting two cars in, he gets no cars in. Right, and uh, I think there wasn't – I think the reason blows weren't exchanged is because Sheldon Creed stayed on um, pit road for a while, and uh, Danny Lawrence and some of the RCR people um, were sitting – as soon as Austin Hill got out of the car, they escorted him to the uh, infield care center. So there was not an opportunity there for that to happen. And it was funny because I was talking to one of the NASCAR PR people you know, later, and she said she didn't know where to tell people to go. She didn't need to. She didn't know to tell them go to pit road or go to the, the care center. And she saw Austin Hill being escorted to the infield care center. And, um, and she told that people said, well, if you want to talk to Austin Hill, go to the infield care center. So um, <clears throat> it was quite a scramble yesterday to, to get everybody. But I think that's probably the reason you didn't see that was because of the um, people escorting, intercepting Austin as soon as he got out of his car and, and escorting him to the infield care center. Deb, were you up there? I was in the infill media center, yeah. So you drove, you went home and then you're driving back today, right? Yeah, well, I stay in, in Greensboro. Oh, okay. All and right. that way I don't have to drive all the way back to Concord. And None of my business. I was uh, just curious. Because <laughs> when you said... Yeah, well, I, got, I was glad. I, um, I was glad that I had the hotel last night in Greensboro because it was uh, 9 o'clock. It was after 8. Um, before Justin Algar left the infield media center, and it was nine o'clock when I filed everything. So, um, you know, it's about an hour and forty-five minute, two-hour drive from the track to my house. 
Deb, and, I, I, let, uh, me, let me ask you a question now, because when I was over there doing my homework uh, for the show, and this was hours after the race was over, I, I think we were watching in the background uh, uh, Colorado and UCLA, but my son Jake's sitting over there, and he's on his phone, you know, playing, and he uh, and he doesn't even know who these people are, especially Andy Petrie, but he said, Andy Petrie just punched Sheldon Creed, and I said, what? And uh, and I tried to find it. I can't I can't find that reflected any place um, uh, in any kind of report or anything. I don't know where Jake saw it, but uh, I, I guess Andy Petrie must be in uh, a competition director or something for Childress. And uh, oh, he's been he's been the competition director for Richard Childress Racing for several years. Okay, well, do you do hear anything about that, or did Jake uh, just dream it? Or I mean, he, there must have been some truth to it because he wouldn't know. He wouldn't pull Andy Petrie's name out of the hat for for no reason. Well, if it was on social media, who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, the only thing we know, we didn't hear anything about it. I mean, I can check on it today, but uh, the only thing we saw, somebody, uh, Reed Spencer with the NASCAR Wire Service, saw on uh, somewhere on social media that somebody had been able to get up with Richard Childress and had uh, Richard Childress had made the statement that Sheldon Creed was the most stupid driver of any he's ever had come through his organization. Well, that's, so. a, that's a, a glowing recommendation <laughs> from Richard Childress because he's, he's seen a lot of them. Deb, let's uh, – <laughs> that's funny. Let's, uh, let's do the points here. You're the champ. Deb has, 40, has 54, and we can't catch her. I've got 47. Lanny's got 46. Ronnie's got 43, and I tell you what, Greg, if you'd participated or we'd have picked somebody for you all year, you'd have done very well, I think. You've got 20, and you haven't even been in half the races or maybe close to it. But anyway, Deb's the champ, but we're going to – the way I'm going to do it next, Deb, assuming that we we do this again uh, and have a show and everything, you know, let's assume we will. We will. I'm going to – Instead of just and and I've tried to be arbitrary about it. I've picked first sometimes. I've let you pick a lot of times first, uh, ladies first, and and probably Ronnie's picked first the least of anybody. Maybe Lanny. I don't know. But I'm going to start doing it by whoever's the low man in the standings goes first. So that's a good idea. Yeah, I should have been doing it about four years ago. But anyway, we'll do it. With, <laughs> we'll do it that way next year. But uh, Champ, go ahead and pick one. Oh, I thought you were going to start off the bottom. Nah, okay. we'll, nah we'll, do, um, we'll start it next year. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Gregory? That's who I was going to pick. Well, y'all can take turns picking each other's picks. So. <laughs> <laughs> that happens every week. William Byron, 24 car. Well, that's who you've been picking. Uh, yeah, Hendrick's stuff strong, man. I'll go with uh, Chase. I might as well stick with him. Ronnie, what you got? Uh, he's got a win to stay in. Truex. And he's on the pole. Crewex is a good driver. I like Crewex. And, like Blaney, if you'll text me yours in, I got a feeling uh, it's going to be Blaney because Blaney's he's right there. Yeah. Blaney's got a good shot to make it, and uh, I almost hope he does. Uh, in fact, I, I would pick him over some of the others. Chris Boucher has been kind of quiet for a while, and he's definitely in a win-to-get-in uh, situation. Deb, any final thoughts before we let you go? Um, I don't think we'll see as good a race today as we saw last night in the Xfinity Series, but I think it will still be a very interesting race. 
Well, who knows? We might, but uh, that groove moves up like them saying that's going to make it a good race because people we have. That's race. right, Deb. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, coming on the show. Lanny does pick Blaney. He just texted me. Be safe in your travels up there and going back to your home tonight after the race. And we love you and congratulations, champ. We'll talk to you next week. And, uh, I will be in Phoenix, so there'll be a time difference there. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Well, we'll get together on uh, on when you can do the show because we always we build a show around you. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we do. We uh, we actually do. So we'll figure that out. And uh, thank you, Deb. Be careful. Thank you, Deb. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Everybody have a good week. Okay, you bye too. Bye. Bye. Who the heck is she, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. No doubt. Going to get some frequent flyer miles, too, it looks like. Looks like. I hope she doesn't drive to Phoenix. <laughs> anyway, let's take a break and come back, and we'll uh, have a short hop here to the top of the hour. I didn't even mention who our guests are today, and I got both of them. We got Chuck Piazza, local. Um, oh, Chuck's real. Local short track driver, but he's driven a lot more than just short tracks. He's driven SCCA and road courses, and every time I look, get on social media, he's, uh, he's there. I can't believe we didn't mention our guests. And then after Chuck, you're not going to believe this story, and I'm going to tell it when we come back. We got Melvin Revis, another local hot shot from the, from the past, and uh, I just got a fascinating story to tell you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life 
and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube. Asheville Highway in Inman. McDonald's is hiring right now. Get more than just a job. Start building your future today. Working at McDonald's, you'll get paid time off, health care benefits, free employee meals, competitive wages, and a flexible schedule. Apply today at McDonald's.com slash made. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's and McDonald's independently owned and operated franchisees are equal opportunity employers committed to a diverse and inclusive workforce. Most McDonald's restaurants are operated by franchisees who are independent employers and set their own employment policies and practices for their employees. The benefits described here are available at McDonald's-owned restaurants and participating franchisees. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and we'll take you up to the top of the hour here when we'll go and talk to Chuck Piazza. But I got to tell you, I'm, I'm anxious to hear this story. Melvin Revis is owned after Chuck. And Melvin, I, in a previous life, this was back, uh, oh, before I went to the Sheriff's Department. So this was like 76, 77 through 79. I worked for a company called Fine Enterprises. And it was Alan Fine uh, had this company. He was my cousin. And he built salad bars. And we took them all over the country. I mean, we took them to New Mexico. Anyway, we needed a lot of gasoline. Well, Melvin Revis had a gas station there. It was a Chevron station right off of uh, Heron Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, right after you come up, you know, that little that low bridge that I always that floods. name sounded familiar. And as soon as you said Heron Circle. Click. That that low bridge that always floods. It was mm-hmm. up from there, near near the concrete company, Chapman Concrete, I guess it was. And anyway, he had a Chevron station there, and that's where we'd gas up our trucks. And I was in. I mean, we were gassing up all the time anyway, because we were taking a lot of salad bars around locally, and we had to build them and go get the supplies and marble tops and all that stuff. So anyway, I spent a lot of time in Melvin's gas station, and Melvin was a local racer. He raced. Uh, I mean, I guess the local tracks. I'm going to say Cherokee and Harris. I don't. I, I would think those are the tracks where he probably yeah, we'll raced. We'll find out shortly. We will. And uh, but we'd sit there for hours. Well, he also ran a Baby Grand, which was a, a NASCAR series for uh, like uh, Capris and Vegas and stuff like that. It used to be a little bit larger cars, I think, at one time, like Mustangs and Cougars. But anyway, this is the way I'm remembering it. And Melvin and I got to be. Real close friends. I saw him every day. We sit there for hours and talk racing. And um, then he got a chance. I didn't realize that he'd run at Bristol in '79, but at Darlington in 1980, he ran a, a a Chevrolet. It was an orange number 59, if I'm not mistaken. I saw Buck Baker drive it at Charlotte that year, and it was sponsored by Louis Smith, you know, the famous lady driver, Louis Smith Auto Parts in Greenville. But um, Anyway, that's the car he drove at Darlington. He started last and he finished thirty fourth. Um, you know, but he was he was out there doing it. The point he was run, running big time racing. Uh, you know, at, at the top level. I joined the. I left. Actually, Alan fired me on Christmas <laughs> Eve because I wanted to go see George Rogers in the Gator Bowl. I said, "Can I have the weekend off? Or can I have Friday off?" And he said, "You can take all the time off." And that was on Christmas Eve. So um, I lost my job. My cousin fired me. We made up later. 
But anyway, I, I was just gone. And so I was no longer fine enterprises as resurfaced later with the sheriff's department. But fast forward to last Wednesday, I believe it was. Might have been Thursday. I'm thinking it was Wednesday. I have to go out to uh, Greenlaw Memorial Gardens, out to the office there, Floyd's Mortuary, and, and pay a bill for my cremation, which I hope I don't need for a while. And there was an older fella. Uh, maybe I shouldn't put it that way. He's not that much older than me. Mm-hmm. Well, five years. But he, uh, he's, he parks his car about the same time as I park mine. He didn't use a handicap spot, and I did. But anyway... I said, should I race this guy into the building so I can be ahead of him in line because we're probably going to the same place. And so, anyway, I stayed behind him, and boy, am I glad I did. Because when he got through with his business, and he, he had to, somebody needed to, he wanted somebody to call him, and the receptionist says, what's your name again, sir? And he said, Melvin Revis. And I'm like, <laughs> Melvin Revis? That is a name from the past if I've ever heard one. So he turned around and I said, are you Melvin Revis, the race driver? And he looked kind of puzzled, and he said, yes. And I said, I'm Perry Wood. We used to sit in your gas station for hours upon hours and talk. And he said, man, I wondered whatever happened to you, and blah, blah, blah. Didn't you go to the FBI? And I went, no, I went to the Secret Service, but close. And uh, and so we sort of reconnected right there in the, in the lobby of Floyd's mortuary. And, uh, talk about serendipity. Yeah. And so uh, whatever that means. And so... You know, I knew we already had Chuck uh, Piazza lined up for the show. And I said, you know, we'll just make it a local legend show. And I and I asked Melvin, I said, would you want to come on the radio? And he said, for what? And I said, well, you know, to talk about your career. And, and you know, just you raced. You raced at a very high level at one time. And uh, I don't, I, I can't say I exactly talked him into it, but uh, I talked him into it. <laughs> and uh, he's, uh, he's going to come on after... We get through with uh, Chuck Piazza, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to talking to Chuck. He's like I said, he's on um, media all the time, uh, going to different. Um, I call them old timers events. I I go to them too when I when I feel like it. Greg goes with me. Well, we're pretty much old timers. Well, I, I mean, I, that's I'm talking about myself. I'm not just talking about Chuck and the other people that show up, and. Uh, so uh, I said, you know, this this will be a perfect show if I can get Melvin to do it. Melvin, I guess, was going to the beach, and he was supposed to come back yesterday, and I, he's still going to do it. He's expecting my call at about 11.20. So we're just going to talk old-time local racing uh, with a couple of guys that know it as well as anybody that raced against. Uh, and if I forget it, don't let me forget, uh, Greg, to get him to talk a little bit about Freddie Smith, who we lost last week and hardly mentioned, but I guarantee you they uh, – they probably locked horns with Freddie Smith quite oh, a bit. I, I bet they have. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him. I mean, well, we, we're going to do it here in about uh, four minutes and 20 seconds. We go to the top of the hour breaks. Uh, in the time we got left before then, let me just get Cup out of the way. They ran um, the, the uh, Forever 400 presented by Mobile One, which actually was kind of a tribute race for uh, Kevin Harvick because he's number four. And they let him pick the pre-race ceremonies and the, all this stuff. And uh, he had Mike Helton waving the green flag. We gotta ask Mike if he's if he's uh, going to take up these duties. We're going to have Mike on in two weeks. He's well, always I our last. I saw him guest. waving the flag, and I wondered what precipitated that. It was Kevin Harvick picked him. 
And uh, he picked a couple of other people to do things, but that was the most uh, noteworthy that I was aware of. Anyway, they ran the race, and uh, Christopher Bell was the winner, and he did a good job of doing it, driving the Gibbs Toyota. He uh, held off Ryan Blaney, who made a little charge there in Penske's Ford but couldn't quite get to him and finished a solid second. And, uh, of course, Bell is in the championship round, and Blaney's trying to get there and didn't miss it by much in fact. Blaney was so lucky when uh, Kyle Larson hit the pit wall because he took a piece of uh, – did you see that, Ronnie? I did. He got a piece of Ryan Blaney when he did it, and it mm-hmm. could have been disastrous for a Blaney as well. So uh, Ryan Blaney was second. Third was Tyler Reddick, who was also in the chase but needs to win or have a really, really good finish, and somebody ahead of him screw up. We'll go over the point shortly. Fourth was William Byron, who's in. Fifth, A.J. Allmendinger, having another good race after winning a couple of weeks ago at uh, at the Roval. Uh, sixth, Bubba Wallace had a good race. I tell you, all the Gibbs cars had pretty decent races. Eric Almarola, who, as we just spoke about, was ninth. Of course, I, or no, he, he, was, he was seventh. I got the staple right on top of the finishing positions. Eighth was Austin Dillon. Ninth was the guest of honor, Kevin Harvick. And tenth was Austin Cedric. Uh, going on down the points, as I discussed with Deb a few minutes ago, Christopher Bell is the point leader with uh, 410 points. He's got a five-point lead over Kyle Larson. He's got a 16-point lead over third place William Byron. And a 20, what is that? Uh, I can't figure it out. I can't do my math fast enough. Anyway, Ryan Blaney is fourth, and those are the four that would be in right now if um, if we went to it, went straight to the uh, playoffs. But we got one more race to decide this. Fifth is Tyler Reddick, and he has ten points under the cut line, as we discussed with Deb, behind Blaney. Sixth is Martin Truex, who's on the pole and needs to win to, uh, or a real good finish to get in. Seventh is Denny Hamlin, who is tied with Martin Truex in points. And 10th is Chris Boucher, who's a bit back behind the rest of them. He was red hot like uh, in early fall, winning a three out of four races or something like that at one time. He is eighth, and he has a chance, and you can bet that he will be going for it. Uh, and as, Ar- as uh, Deb said, he's an ARCA champion, and he's good on all the tracks, and this is the shortest, slowest, oldest track that they run on. So uh, Martinsville uh, is where they'll be today, and uh, that will be – the Xfinity 500 at 2 p.m. on NBC. Greg, you like Martinsville? Y'all have some good, pretty good luck up there. Man, but more around Martinsville than it was dirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Martinsville's always been a good place for us. And, uh, you know, they're going to be, you know, NASCAR about the guys turning left like Chase did, you know. They're going to turn, they got they got to turn left, you know, I mean, to get in the corner. Yeah, I mean, they just turn a little bit left in order to get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I, I do. It's, a good, it's really a good, a good. Martinsville's place. the oldest track. It's the only one from 1949 that they still run on, and uh, a beautiful day for it. And can't wait. We're going to come right back at the top of the hour. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. This is the place to be. Listen to Spartanburg Vikings football right here. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM. WSBG Spartanburg. We are Fox Sports. And here's what you need to know. 
In Game 2 of the World Series on Saturday night, the Arizona Diamondbacks won at Texas 9-1, tying the series at one win apiece behind the pitching of Merrill Kelly, who went seven innings, allowing one run on three hits with nine strikeouts and no walks. In college football on Saturday night, the Arizona Wildcats knocked off 11th-ranked Oregon State 27-24. Georgia Tech rallied from 10 down with 10:41 remaining in the fourth quarter to defeat number 17 North Carolina 46-42. Third-ranked Ohio State a 24-10 win at Wisconsin. Travion Henderson of the Buckeyes ran for 162. Marvin Harrison Jr. six catches for 123 yards. Fifth-ranked Washington, a 42-33 win at Stanford. Number 23, UCLA, racked up seven sacks at a 28-16 triumph over Colorado. A few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipe burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-its to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555, and in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little oomph, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with Mix and Match, I can get two faves for just $3.49, like a McDouble with a McChicken or small fries. And now, my mood calls for a little oomph and oomph. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. 
Spartanburg. When you're looking for the home of the best sports coverage around, we're talking about greatest ever, spectacular talent. Good news, you're already there. It's us, Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. We're your home for the Spartanburg Vikings, the Atlanta Braves, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and Duke basketball. Plus, your most trusted source for the best high school coverage around. This is Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. Gentlemen, start your engines. Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on a special Sunday edition kind of like doing Sunday mornings, don't you, Greg? i tell you what, these Sunday morning shows are pretty neat. Well, it's got its, its advantages, but uh, it's got, got its disadvantages, too. We can, talk about, we can talk about the Xfinity race today before, but right now we got a great guest that we have every year. One time we had him in the studio here with us, local legend, if there ever was one, Chuck Piazza. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Perry. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing fine, uh, Pleasure to be with you this morning. You and Greg and Mike. Ronnie Black. Ronnie Black's here. He's uh, Ronnie, yeah. he, and uh, I tell you, Chuck, you uh, every time I, I pick up my phone, it it looks like you're popping up, uh, getting honored somewhere or you're at some kind of function. You uh, you're all over the place. And uh, one place, what was it? Phil Combs, we've had on the show this year, right? Greg and I were up there, although we didn't run into you. You were a uh, they were giving you some kind of honor up there for uh, your uh, lifetime in, in uh, auto racing. Right. Well, I did see uh, I did see Greg just a moment. I actually had a wave wave to him across the, the room, but uh, and, and I missed you, and, and I, I missed some others as well. Uh, I don't seem to move around as fast as I used to. So I think well, you moved real fast at one time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> drove, always drove real fast. Well, it was, I guess, I guess when I was sitting down, I could do things faster. <laughs> well, you know, when we was up there at Phil Combs' deal, Chuck, uh, I did get to see you briefly. I was so amazed at people like you that were up there that I just got in line and, and went through and got everybody's autographs on handout cards. I got I got one of your cards or something with autographed it. That really surprised me. Greg, like I don't have anything to do, brings me this big stack of things he's got autographed and told me to hold them for him. <laughs> it was a bunch of them, too. It was a bunch of them. Chuck, you uh, you raced in all kinds of different disciplines of racing. You came down from New York. and uh, but Did you have any one particular thing that you liked better than others? Was it, was it driving your own car or driving somebody else's car where you, you, you kind of maybe just had didn't have to do anything but show up and race or or was uh working on the car uh, you know what did you like best or, or what type of car i mean you you race a lot of people don't know you race uh scca and we've talked about that on here before well um 
I enjoyed all types of uh, racing. I uh, spent most of my life doing the oval tracks in New York down here. And uh, after I retired, I uh, started a business, and then I became uh, really uh, interested in road racing. And uh, so from, I think, 1992 or 3, uh, for the next, I guess, to about 2003 or four. uh that's what I did. As far as enjoying uh, what I did, uh, I liked it when I could work on my own cars and, and uh, run my own program. But it was more profitable to drive for somebody else. Yeah, that uh, that ownership. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of people tried that. Daryl Waltrip. Uh, I mean, just naming some big names, Alan Kulwicki, although he was doing pretty good at it, I guess, but uh, yeah. Lake Speed, a lot of people tried driving their own deal and uh, ended up, Ricky Rudd ended up not doing it too long. Yeah, uh, well, I live real close to James Hilton, and he's yeah. on his own program, and, and uh, you know, it was nonstop around the block, uh, and I recall up in New York, you know, uh, when we was racing, uh, we just raced a couple times a week. There are about two shows a week normally. Once in a while, you get in maybe three. But I, c- I can remember working on the car at night, and it, it might be a, starting on a Monday night. I said, gee, I wish it was Saturday because I, I knew by Saturday I'd be ready to go. Yeah. And uh, so there was a, a lot of work the day job, worked on a race car at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, Hmm. get two three hours sleep and, and go to my day job and uh you had to be young to do that it, that was a tough what was your what, what was your day job well i worked at uh, i worked at a company called uh crw which was marlon rockwell ball bearing oh yeah that was a precision bearing plant yeah uh, i learned a lot about uh well i took my uh, machinist apprenticeship there Learned a lot about machinery, measurements, accuracies, uh, metallurgy, welding, uh, just just a whole lot. It was a four-year course, so by the time I got done with four years, I, I did know a little bit. <laughs> well, ball bearings are important. Every war movie I ever saw, they were going to go bomb the ball bearing plant, <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, I worked in a super precision plant. We made the miniature ball bearings, and I mean very, very small bearings for the uh, uh, for uh, the Vanguard rocket instrumentation back then, and we also made the big the big bearings for the GE Pratt & Whitney engines, wow. engines. and uh, so one extreme to the other, but really fascinating process. So when you were working on your race car, I mean, you didn't, you didn't have any... Uh uh, room for uh, inaccurate measurements and uh, and your tolerances, I guess, were, were pretty tight. You uh, you were right on. Greg's over here giving me the high sign that that's the way it had to be. Uh, that's right. And, uh, when we was working on on the bearings, uh, we had tolerances of plus or minus fifteen million. So uh, and we had a instrument that you allowed you to rotate the bearings and see how accurate they were. Uh, had a fall in an index of uh, maybe 10 degrees either way. If you if you didn't get to the index, the bearing the, the rollers or the bearing balls were too big. If you got past it, they were too loose, mm. and then you got to take the appropriate measures to 
correct that. Sometimes it meant changing the size of the rollers or the ball bearings, and other times it meant grinding uh, the split races or, or whatever. It's pretty complicated. It sounds complicated. I, I'm just thinking only bearings I know about are like, I guess, wheel bearings and uh and things are tough too. You got to watch how to do that. And the um, like the main bearings is that a term for the something in the engine, like maybe on the crankshaft or something? Oh, yeah. Crankcase. Crank crank One thing I want to ask Chuck. Yeah, I'm sorry. If, if it was, if it's okay. Uh, the the bearing thing. Uh, do you remember when we uh, there was some people that tried to put rotor bearings in the rod bearings and the main bearings and stuff? And the big controversy was. How do you get the proper oil pressure? And that that turned into kind of a nightmare. I know Junior built one like that, Junior Johnson. And we had put rotor bearings on something. I can't remember what it was. But it's got to <laughs> be just right. But if you get it just right, it, it, it'll run free. It, it really well, well it, you're right. And, uh, of course, back in the early days of racing, which I started in the late 50s, <clears throat> Uh, we had to baffle our oil pans, you know, and do different tricks to try to hold the oil around the oil pump. But back then, everything was off a of wet sunk, so you didn't, uh, I didn't have dry sunks, and so much later in my racing life. <laughs> but conditions uh, uh, were always tight. I used to build all my own engines uh, up through, well, probably right up through the last couple of years. Uh, that I lived in New York and was driving for a, a, a big uh, uh, Chevrolet dealer up in New York. Uh, their name was the Berglund Chevrolet. Ed Schultz was the general manager, and he was he was uh, he was great. He was just like a big kid to the race team. <laughs> hey, uh, Chuck, let me ask you. We're talking to Chuck Piazza, uh, a legend of. Uh, uh, of this area and, and and all over the East Coast, uh, Chuck, uh, I'm I'm fascinated with with a lot of the old race tracks. I wrote a book about them one time. But uh, did you ever race at Syracuse? No, I visited there. That was a that was mild dirt, if I remember right. Yeah, it was a mild dirt, and they, I mean that's that goes back to uh, the teens. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, Jimmy Murphy, Indianapolis 500 winner, and also won the mines. He uh, he got killed there in 1924. I just it was just a historic track, and I think I don't think it's in operation. I think it went out of business a few years ago, and probably a shopping center or apartment complex or something now. But uh, I just I was just wondering if you raced there. No, I did not. I would go up there a couple of times. They, I, I never. Well, I'm sure they run some late models at one time or another. Uh, the biggest race is up there with the modified. Uh, I remember a driver by the name of Billy Wimble. That was Bill Wimble. Pop- yeah, wore glasses, and uh, I used to uh, used to kind of pull for him. I just like his driving style and the way he, uh, you know, his skill of getting around on mild dirt. And uh, that track was very, very abrasive. So yeah, you had to take care of your tires and match your racetrack and be aggressive when you need to. And that was a trait that wasn't uh, that was hard to do in those days. Yeah, Chuck, if I can kind of include on this, we're talking to Chuck Piazza, a local legend in the old East Coast. Uh, I don't know what you had, but I remember we'd done that thing out at the fairground. You were hooked up. You outrun David Pearson. And 
it was something else. Put him in the fence. But yeah. Well, <laughs> but anyway, well, Chuck, Chuck was getting it done. What year was that? That had uh, that was before I moved here, Chuck. What would you say about two thousand four, two thousand three, something like that? I think race Perry was two thousand two. Okay. And uh, it was a promotion for the museum in Spartanburg. Yeah, which I'm, I'd still love to see us get before somebody else does it. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of tragic that it turned out the way it did, but. As far as David and I were going, we uh, when we started the race, he he had a pretty good car. He actually handled good, and uh, but I was driving a car out of North Carolina, and it was a pretty nice little car. It had a lot of straightaway speed, and I could never reach the accelerator, so I, I, I was having a lot of trouble in the turns getting the car, you know, getting the car turned. Sounds like but, you couldn't find the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't find the accelerator. The accelerator was mounted up over the transmission tunnel. And I didn't think the guy that owned the car was much taller than I was, but he must have been because I never could reach it. And I, I put a pillow in there and, you know, I managed to stab it. I've got but that on. I go, uh, down the straightaway, I could, you know, I could hold it down. I've got that on video someplace that I took with my camcorder. I need to dig that out because uh, I I, it to me. a lot of uh, a lot of I think some of those cars came down from Alex Beam's museum up there. And I know I, I I was living in Charlotte at the time, and I came down and I hooked up with Greg, and you were there, and Dick Brooks and Rex White, and I mean, what a bunch, what a field. David Pearson, Bud Moore was walking around there calling some shots, yeah. and that was just that, that was a heck of a day. Elmo Henderson. Uh, yeah, James uh, James Hilton, Hilton. Roger, Mandeville, Roger Mandeville got off the road tracks, the road courses, and, and he uh, he runs some dirt and, and said he kind of liked it. He said the cars weren't nearly as maneuverable as what he was used to, but he said I did like it. Yeah, well, he when he when when Roger Mandeville gets on the dirt, he's he's off course. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, that that was just a heck of a day and. Um, you won that race, and then they had another one. I didn't come back for the for the encore. I think they did another one uh, a little bit later, right? Right. We ran one the next year. It was kind of a rematch. Uh, David went back and built a. He went and a built him a car, right? He did, and it was a. It was about eight hundred pounds lighter than everybody else. I think uh, the Clements uh, Clements brothers built him a uh, an engine, and he was stout. Uh, and he won the race that day. I run second, but uh, that was about all I could do. Was you couldn't get close enough to hit him? Is that it? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and and even in the first race, Barry, uh, we ran a few laps, and David was – I had more straightaway speed, and David was good at blocking. And uh, and I'd run up on him, and he'd wave his hand at the in the in the window, I could just answer the window what he was telling, me. <laughs> and I kind of misconstrued him a little bit until I realized later what he was doing. But uh, he was telling me that's all he had, <laughs> <laughs> and I was about halfway down the straightaway, so I, I did follow him a little bit. And and, uh, and when I attempted to pass him, he you know he he knew where I was, so he he would block me and. And uh, I finally got a run. I let him go for a lap or two, and then I just like I was going to stay behind him. I finally got a good run on him, so we got just about the flag, man, and I was able to pull out and get around him. And thought I had cleared him. And uh, 
uh, we went down in a corner, and he ran over. He ran over my right rear with his left front, mm. and that's what happened. It put him in there. I felt bad about. It. I didn't even know what happened to like him in. And kind of ironic. Uh, Eddie Pearson, David's son, was working with me. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, so, and he he wasn't giving uh, David any mercy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell you what. Well, and and that. I mean, you say that was two thousand two. I mean, that seems like yesterday. And and uh, and David Pearson's gone, and Bud Moore, Dick Brooks, every you know, most of those guys aren't with us. And uh, and it it seems like yesterday that they were at the fairgrounds. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, I, I got to dig out that foot that footage, Greg. I might have to make a documentary to put online or something because that was a heck of a day. I bet nobody else has got as much footage as I've got. I can't think of why well, they didn't get Ned Jared in on that deal. Well, I think he used to own that place. I, I think that uh, uh, there's. Was- and about six thousand spectators that day, and oh. as I understand, they way overflowed that. Yeah, and uh, I know a lot of people were disappointed that David didn't win, and, and uh, candidly, I almost wish he would have. But the way it turned out, well, you know, they had a lot of they had a lot of cars on display there, and uh, I remember uh, uh, I remember that uh, Francis Flock was there, Tim's wife, and. Uh, Louis Smith was still alive. She was there. Everybody was signing autographs. Luck Rex was, you know, your dad, uh, Chuck, everybody. Oh, those are great times, Chuck, and that's why we love having you on the show, and that's why we do the local, I mean, the 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 results of all the different disciplines, IMSA, Formula One, you name it, we talk about it, but history's the best, man. That's what I love to talk about, and, and you know so much of it, and you're such a part of it, and we uh we appreciate you, and we'll always have you on the show because you're a you're you're a legend. You're what we're all about. Well, I hope I can be on the show for one. Uh, but thank you, Perry, and it's, it's always a pleasure and uh, and an honor for me to you know have have you folks talk to me and some about some of the old stories. And, well, we always will. Believe me, you're always on our guest list. Gut, and uh, we, got a heavy right foot. we got to let you go and talk to another <laughs> legend who I bumped into for the first time in 44 years, and that's Melvin Revis. And we're going to talk to him in just a second. But thank you so much for coming on, Chuck. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure, always. Uh, great. Thank you guys so much. Thank All right. you, Chuck. Thank you, buddy. Take care. All right. That's Chuck Piazza, he's, uh, he's a good one. He is a good one. He I remembers that stuff better than I do. I had that's because he won. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I do remember the, the, the wins a little bit better than. The, All right, let's take a break and come ahead. back, and uh, let's get a uh, let's get Melvin Revis on here and see what he remembers. Melvin's a, my buddy from. Uh, you talk about pulling one out of the fire that you haven't talked to in a long time. I can't wait to talk to Melvin either. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. 
Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month. Or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue, lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting Spartan-Waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories, such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. The Gamecocks are ready. Are you? Pulls back, now gets to the rim, finds Josh Gray, two-hand hook. Michi, open three, right side, yes! This is South Carolina basketball. Michi almost falls down, now gives it back to Gray, and he's all alone at the rim for another dunk. And that'll do it! You can put Spurs on this one! South Carolina basketball lives here. The Gamecocks Sports Network from Learfield. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce you to a guy that I reintroduced myself to earlier this week at the mortuary. Uh, we were paying bills. We weren't. Uh, we're not. We're not gone yet. Uh, local star and a buddy of mine from way back, Melvin Revis. Good morning, Melvin. Good morning. How I you doing? Doing good. Well, it was so great to reconnect with you the other day, and I told him about it, and that was. Uh, I, and I even sent you some pictures that uh, you probably haven't seen in a few while. I, I know I probably showed them to you when I took them, but I texted them to you and. Uh, you're, uh, you're Vega at Darlington and uh, sitting in the back of a truck with another guy. You, uh, you were a pretty good driver back in those days, Melvin. Well, I hung in the best I could, and I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Where did you race mostly now? I, you know, we're going way back, and I was if I could transport myself back to 1979 or whenever it was, I'd know better, but we're, we're the... Same local tracks still in uh, operation as they are now, like Cherokee and Harris? Cherokee is still in operation, but they've changed it from a half mile to a quarter mile. Yeah. Back in 1970, when I went 
that was my rookie year, it was a half mile. And uh, I had a good year that year. I won my course. I won 31 races in my rookie year. Wow. <laughs> I think but I remember Melvin. It wasn't all me. You know, a driver's got to have a car. The car makes the driver. And I just had a good car. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of disagree with you a little bit. I, you got, you could push the button, and I, and I've seen some not so hot cars with a with the proper driver get the job done. And you, uh, I just remember you were always uh, in the news back then uh, with uh, with the the. Now, didn't they have a track? I, I can't remember. Didn't they have a track out on called I-85 Speedway? And there was another one over at Riverside. And, and some of these tracks don't exist anymore. There was one, uh, what, Confederate Speedway down in Woodruff. Yep. Yes, Woodruff. Uh, it don't exist no more. Then I-85 don't exist no more. Uh, I think Travers Rest still. I believe it does. Operate. And Harris. Yep. They still operating. Well, did you drive your own car, or did you uh, did you drive for somebody else when you were driving around here locally? I drove for someone else. Uh, the only time I drove my own car was in the 90s when I decided to fiddle around and play around and get back in it. But the whole Melvin, year of the I, 80s out of it. Melvin, I got thinking back. And back. This That's is Greg, Greg Moore talking to yeah. you. That's Greg. We, are you Kenny hey, King with the Ronnie that. Revis with the B&R Motors? It used to be B&R. Kenny Bingham and Ronnie Revis. For some reason, I thought there may be a tie in there. You know, they built some awful good small block Chevrolet. But they could make 652, and Junior could make 633. Of course, we had a Ford, and we were down about 630. Do you know those people that he was mentioning there, Melvin? Uh... No, I didn't quite uh, hear him that good. Say it again, Greg. I, I, speak up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, Ronnie Revis. Uh, no, I don't know him. You told me another name, too. Another Revis, didn't you, when we were driving in? Anyway, anyway. Uh, it, uh, he was just naming some people that were in racing around here that were also named Revis, and he didn't know if you were Revis. Right. engine better than a heck of a driver we got. Relate, related to him or not. Okay, so you won 31 races at a rook, as a rookie. That must have got a lot of people's attention. And uh, how did you do after that? I mean, as far as, because uh, you eventually, by the time I got to know you in the late 70s, you were running uh, You were running NASCAR. You were running in that baby grand division in uh, Darlington. And uh, did you run the whole circuit? Oh, yeah. We, uh, we ran the whole circuit uh, three years. Uh, and I won at Dover, Delaware. Wow! That's now that was a asphalt or concrete then. Oh, that was the NASCAR track. It was asphalt. Okay, but I know for a while it was concrete. I didn't know what, what, which it was when when you won. Well, that's great. Uh, and who else was running in the Baby Grand Series when you were in it? I think uh, wasn't Larry Pearson or one of the Pearsons involved in it at that time? Maybe a Jared or oh, something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Ricky Pearson and Larry both were running with me. Uh, you had Dean Combs, and there again, Dean Combs had the best car in the circuit. That's why he won all the races, but you had Dean Combs, Larry Hoopall, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Jesse Kessler. I got my mind going. Well, I remember, I remember those names. Nelson Guzzler, you're bringing back some names yeah. I had forgotten about, hadn't thought about in years. Nelson helped me win the race at Dover. How'd he do that? Uh, I won the race and ain't led the first lap. <laughs> well, how did you pull that off? <laughs> uh, I was running behind. Actually, let me tell you this. Gaffney short tr- I mean, the Gaffney dirt track helped me win that race. Because when the race started, something happened. I was about 13th, 14th, and something happened up front, and it blew all water all over everybody's windshield. Couldn't see. Everybody was going into the pit to get their windshields clean. And I said, now I can remember running Gaffney, dirt track, we had windshields back then. My windshield be caked with mud. I said, now, I remember a lot of times I was running and couldn't see. I said, well, I did it to Gaffney. I'm going to do it here. That put me up about sixth place. Because everybody went in for the pits. So I stayed in the top five all day. The only way that I passed is when I pulled up behind somebody, they would drop down for me to go with them. I didn't go. So that moved me up a position. <laughs> so I went all the way up to second place. Uh, but us top five, which was uh, Dean Combs, Larry Hoopall, Ricky Pearson, Larry Pearson, and myself, well, we had a restart. I was behind Larry. His clutch went out. Well, I rammed into the back of him, and I couldn't go nowhere. So I got a chance to pull up to go around him. Well, by this time, I was about seventh or eighth position. And it was getting close to the end of the race. Uh, about two laps before that, Nelson Gussler had to make a pit stop. Well, he pulled out in front of me when I was coming down the front straight. Uh, my Vega, it would uh, draft. Uh, he had a Mercury Capri. And my car drafted so good behind the Mercury Capri. He tucked me around that track, and we were catching them. White flag comes out. I was running sick. Going down the back chute, Nelson led me all the way up to the First five cars that was battling, they were running side by side, battling it for the lead. And when we went down to the, going into the third turn, Nelson, since he was a lap down, he just kind of pulled up and went forward. Well, I didn't. <laughs> Again. Back then, <laughs> back then, you could drop down on the apron. I put two wheels down on the apron, and it slung me all the way up to the front. I slid up in front of Carson Bird and Ricky Pearson. Ricky Pearson was on the outside. So it was a photo finish from the fourth turn to the checker flag. Right when we got to the checker flag, Ricky, he just found me in the rear end. And it just pushed me enough to win the race. Oh, God. Hadn't let a lap. <laughs> what? 
every, every time we'd go to the driver's meeting, uh, Lance Tudor, who was over it, he said, now listen, don't everybody try to win the race on the first lap. It's be like milk. You don't have to lead a lap. <laughs> it always bring out up the driver's meeting. Be like Melvin. <laughs> We're talking to Melvin Rivers. God, what a great story. Now, Melvin, I, you told me the other day and uh, reminded me that uh, you were planning on running for Rookie of the Year in 1981, right? And that, that was a year they just happened to downsize the cars. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but um, that was your plans, but you didn't get to carry out your plans. What happened there? Oh, God. Perry, that's a long story uh well can you condense it a little bit <laughs> you told you, you told me uh on the phone the other day you said you lost your dirt ride your cup ride and your baby grand ride all in about 45 minutes and i don't know if this is a terrible story or not you mentioned it sounds like a great story i don't know if you can give it to us in about four or five minutes or not can you well let me say this it wasn't 45 minutes it just seemed like it was sports. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it started out with the, uh, I drove for Bill Blanton out of Gaffney. His friend was Danny Queen. Danny Queen had a late model sportsman. We called him late model sportsman back then. Yep. And asked me that I want to drive it at Talladega. I said, well, heck yeah. <laughs> well, now here I am, 120 mile an hour, as high as I've ever been. You know, you go to Talladega, you'll be in 190. But I was willing to try it. Well, we went out there on the track, and uh, God, I was having a hard time to figure it out. Now, this was in practice, and I looked in the rear view mirror when I was going down the back to and I seen Donnie Allison and uh, Jack Ingram coming. Well, I said, well, I'm going to jump up. I'm going to pull down. When they come by, I'm going to jump up for them. Let them teach me. They went by me so fast. <laughs> so I had to just pull up and try to figure it out myself. But in the meantime, the engine blew. Hmm. So that's as far as I went. Well, I had a dirt track car. I had the baby grand car. They came and talked to me and said, you want to run for the rookie of the year next year? And back then, I think it was called Grand National. That's what I called it. Okay. And I told them, man, what are you talking That was my dream. Uh, so that's what we did. Uh, we, I could run five races and be eligible to be the rookie of the year in 81. We were going to have an 81 Buick Regal. We went to Atlanta, not at Makefield. We went to Bristol. I made the field. I think I made about 67 laps, and the rear sway bar broke. And there's a good story in this Bristol race in Dalton, but I'll tell you about that later. Uh, we went to Dalton, and I had so many people back here in Spartanburg that were waiting on a phone call for me to they come on down, you know. Well, I qualified, and I was on the hot seat. Six other drivers. I had to sit through. Word of death. 
I went to the tow truck and changed out of my fire suit just to put in my regular clothes. Well, I got down in that tow truck and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, help me make this fill. I want to make the fill. He knew my heart. That was my dream. I said, if you'll let me make this fill, I promise you I will go to church next Sunday. <laughs> because everybody had been on me about getting back in church. My wife had been on me. Everybody just pressured me on getting back in church. I come out of the tow truck, and I think it was Trevor Boy that was driving for James Hilton. Mm-hmm. He went out to qualify. He blew an engine. The next car that went out to qualify, he blew a tire and hit the wall. The next car that went out, uh, he spun out. And then I think it was the other two cars that went out. They just wasn't running right. I made the bill. You talking about somebody, dead life. I don't care if it was dead life, but I made the bill. Back then, you didn't have cell phones. No. I run into the pay phone. <laughs> call my wife. Tell all my friends, come on down. I got to run, I think it's about 83 laps, and we blew an engine. And after the race, in the meantime, between the Bristol and the Dollarton race, we sold the dirt track car and sold the baby grand car mm. to help provide for next year. Uh, somebody out west had done sent a chassis for me. I don't know why, or they didn't know me, or I don't know what that uh, story is about. But I remember seeing the chassis stand up against the wall, and that just tickled me to death. So, just speed the story up. Yeah, we're getting real close on time here. Okay. The following Sunday, I didn't go to church. Uh-oh. You done broke your end of the bargain. Yes. They called me to come down to the shop. I went down to the shop. They said, we don't know what happened. But they said, put the chassis back on the train. They was going to pay for the shipment. Send it back. We done sold the baby grand car, dirt track car. Mm. And they said, we ain't going to be able to do it. That hurt. I bet it did. That just took my whole life away, I mean. Well, I'm looking. Go ahead. This is the moral of that story. We can't promise God nothing. Now, you can tell him I'll try to do it or do my best to do it. But if you promise something, we don't know what the next hour holds. Uh, you're right. This is the perfect story for Sunday. Absolutely. Um, I, I've got the results of that race here at Darlington. You started 36. You ran. And I, I'm looking at the NASCAR results here. So, I mean, it, it's, I know memories fade after 43 years. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 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 
but that was the race where I took a picture of you uh, sitting in the back of that truck with that other guy that I sent you the other day. But you, oh, you, was it? You, yeah, you, yeah, that was the same day. But you beat three people uh, that day. You didn't finish last. You finished thirty third. Thirty fourth was Cecil Gordon, who was uh, driving the number eighty two, a Chrysler. It says here Dick Brooks Honda. Norman Agree on that car. I remember him. Thirty fifth was Buddy Baker, driving for Harry Rainier and that that Daytona five hundred winner. And last was a Neil Bonnet driving for the Wood Brothers. So you can say you went to Darlington and you you beat Buddy Baker, Neil Bonnet, and it's, it's the absolute truth. So uh, well, let let me tell you about that. Well, I, we don't have time. I wish we did. We'll have you back on next year because we've only got two shows left. But Melvin, you're going to be a regular. I, you, you got such great stories, and we've re uh, rekindled our friendship together. Uh, we're getting really close on time. We only got 15 minutes till we're off the air. So. I just can't thank you enough. I feel like a really, really lucky guy for bumping into you at Floyd's the other day, and and uh, I hate to let you go so quick because I, I I could listen to you all day. And like you said at Floyd's, we're going to get together over a couple of beers and and just go at it for a couple of hours. But hey, that took me to death. Well, we're going to do it. Let's uh, got the holidays coming up, so let's find the time to work that in. But Melvin and Revis, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you, and we're going to do it again. Oh, I hope so. Okay, we will. Thank you, man. Thank you, buddy. Uh, thank you. All right, goodbye. Uh, it's now Melvin Revis. Great what, game. I mean, he could. Uh, we get these guys on here that could go for another two hours. But oh, I was getting fascinated. And I, and he's, well, we're about five minutes behind, so let me take this break, and we'll come back and. Uh, I could talk and, to Melvin for. Well, I'll we'll cut, cut you in on the trip to a bar. I know you wouldn't oh, mind yeah, doing that. I'll, I'll go along with that anytime. All right, you're listening <laughs> to Start Your you Engines. Break on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Road. Lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at rearnissan.com. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. At Janney, your goals are our priority. When you work with Janney, it's about going beyond investing. It's about connecting your life and finances. When it comes to managing your wealth, you probably have plenty of questions and more than a little uncertainty. 
What you need is a plan built to connect your goals to your wealth. Financial advisor Trent Lancaster is here for you. Trent can build a tailored financial plan and make recommendations that are aligned with your best interests based on your unique needs, goals, and preferences. Conveniently located in the Spartanburg office, Trent can discuss how he can help you connect your life and finances. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member of FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Country Meat Center in Woodruff is well known for our great cuts of beef, pork, and chicken. But we're so much more than just a great butcher shop. We also offer locally grown produce, delicious cakes and pies, a fully stocked deli with boar's head meats and cheeses, seafood brought in fresh from Charleston, as well as a great selection of wild game like bison, ostrich, and kangaroo for the adventurous home chef. We are locally owned and operated and will be happy to fill all your grocery needs. Shop local at the Country Meat Center located at 10297 Highway 221, open 830 to 7, Monday through Saturday. If you're looking for a new camera or lens, then you'll want to stop in at Spartan Photo Center November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. That weekend, there will be special deals on camera gear, accessories, tripods, bags, and memory. Spartan Photo Center will also have a used Photo Pro on hand buying gear. So you can trade in your old gear for new gear and get a bonus too. Buy, sell, or trade Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. See our website, SpartanPhotoCenter.com, for more specials and deals. 108 Garner Road, Spartanburg. Call 864-583-6835. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. No matter what mood I'm in, McDonald's has a deal that's here for it. Like right now, I can mix and match two of my favorites for just $3.49. So if I'm feeling a little extra, I get a McDouble with two tasty beef patties. If I'm feeling nostalgic, oh, I go with a classic like a juicy McChicken. And no matter how I'm feeling, a golden crispy small fries always sounds like a good idea. All this food talk is bringing on a new mood. Hungry. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or cobble meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to the last segment of Start Your Engines on a Sunday edition. God, what a couple of great guests, Greg. And I got them myself. You didn't have nothing to do with it. I didn't have anything to do with that. I, I wish I could take credit for that. That was good. Wow. I, it was great. Yeah. Melvin's talking about the Lord and and all that. The Lord must have put us in the mortuary at the same time because I did. I that was just you talk about a fluke of luck of, of running into him at ever, ever again because I left Fine Enterprises and and Melvin in 1980, and I talked to him again until Wednesday. So it's uh, the 43 years uh, gap there. So that was great. All right, we got eight minutes to touch on a few things here and i ought to be able to pull it off xfinity we two races behind uh they ran at homestead a couple of weeks no let's see i think i gotta go back further than that don't i yeah no because they ran yesterday that's what threw me off uh yeah they ran at homestead two weeks ago for the contender boats 250 which was won by sam mayer riley herbst was second john nemechek was third another not so hot race for Jeremy. I can't remember now if anything in particular happened. I know it was at Las Vegas when he was behind the guy that blew the engine, but it's just another uh, another so-so race. He finished 21st after starting 22nd, and then they ran yesterday, which we touched on quite a bit with the, the 
wild finish between uh, Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed and Justin Allgaier that won it. And he did win it with uh, Sheldon Creed second. Sammy Smith was third. You know, we interviewed Sammy at Darlington who drives for Gibbs, and he didn't make it. He was one of the ones that on the left out for the championship. Riley Hurst was fourth. Josh Berry fifth. Daniel Hemrick sixth. Seventh, Anthony Alfredo. Eighth, Jeb Burton, who clobbered the wall at the finish line. And um, He did hit it a tough. Yeah, he did. And then uh, Parker Klingerman was 10th. Uh, Jeremy was 17th. He had the Fox Sports Spartanburg car up in the up amongst the front end of the pack, uh, like with uh, between 15th and 10th. And I thought we had another we had another chance for a top 10, but uh, didn't happen. Finished 17th. The points for the uh, Xfinity. Uh, Sam Mayer is out front. Second is Justin Allgaier. Third is John Hunter Nemechek. Fourth, Cole Custer. And uh, they are going to run for the championship. Those are your four finalists. Austin Hill, Sammy Smith, Daniel Helmrich, and Parker Klingerman, and Sheldon Creed didn't make it. So it's Mayer, Allgaier, Nemechek, and Cole Custer. Custer driving for Stuart Haas, Nemechek for Gibbs, and Mayer and Allgaier for Junior Motorsports. That's it for Xfinity. And they will run their next race next week for all the marbles at a race called the Xfinity Series Championship. And that will be next Saturday at Phoenix. That's a night race. It'll be, well, it'll be night here. It'll be uh, middle of the afternoon out there, 7 p.m. on USA. The trucks, they will go to home to, uh, to uh, Phoenix to run their championship. Their final four uh, is set with Corey Heim. My man, Carson Hosevar, is second. Ben Rhodes is third. And Grant Enfinger is fourth. And those are the four that are going to choose. And they're going to run next Friday night at 10 o'clock on FS1. So uh, remember, we got a Sunday show again next week. So both Xfinity and Trucks will be done by the time we come on the air. Formula One. Not going to anything big happen there for... Uh, as far as changing the outcome, Max Verstappen has won 15 races, and I think that's a record, or it may have tied a record. Anyway, that's a lot of wins for one team for one year. Uh, the only two wins were two by his teammate, um, Sergio Perez, and uh, Carlos Sainz won the other one for Ferrari. They will run today at 2.30. That race will be on NBC for the Mexican Grand Prix. And that race is held at uh, Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, which translates into the Rodriguez Brothers uh, Speedway. Greg, you'll remember the Rodriguez Brothers. Ricardo Rodriguez was killed in 1962 at this track, which is now named after he and his brother. But um, Ricardo Rodriguez was 20 years old. He was the youngest driver in Formula One to ever score a point. And he was also the youngest Formula One driver ever killed. And that happened on March, I'm sorry, on November 1st, 1962. So the anniversary of that would be, what, 61 years this week. His brother got killed at the Nuremberg Norris Ring at Nuremberg, Germany, on uh, July 11th, 1971. I was there a week later when we took a trip to Germany. And uh, I saw a picture of it last night. They've got a big plaque of... Uh, commemorating the event on the end of the bridge that he ran into. Well, when I was over there, 
a week later, there was pieces of the bridge laying all over the place. So in my office, I got a chunk of that bridge, uh, kind of a gruesome memory. But anyway, I picked it up. And it's still got, it's actually burned, and it's got fiberglass melted on it. So what can I tell you? Uh, but that that's to, it up. <laughs> yeah, that's today at uh, 2.30 on ABC in the midst of all that pro football. And um, there's going to be no change. Verstappen's got the championship. He's had it won for weeks. Perez is second. Lewis Hamilton is third. We'll get into some uh, lineup changes and team changes and things like that in the next coming weeks. Um, only two races on TV today, and I just mentioned them. Cup is at 2 o'clock on NBC at Martinsville. And Formula One is on ABC at uh, Mexico City. So both of those are on the main channels, the main networks, pretty much competing with each other, and the NFL. So uh, got two and a half minutes left. That was a really, really good show, Greg and Ronnie, and I'm glad y'all were here to share it with us and uh, and our listeners. And we got two shows left. You want to tell them who we got next week, Greg? Well, got a pretty good guest. We, we got a pretty good one. Has a Super Bowl ring or two. We'll be talking to Steve Fuller. Next I time. think he's only got one, but that's more than most people. Yeah, he's got one. Right. <laughs> Steve right. Fuller, we had him on last year and had a great conversation with him. Of course, Clemson quarterback, Chicago Bears quarterback, and Arden High quarterback. Arden High quarterback. Arden High quarterback. There you go. And so uh, Steve will be on the show next week. Now, we had him last year, had a great interview with him, and there's one, one show. Actually, I think there's two or three shows in our history of doing this on Saturday and Sunday that we don't have. And when I saved the Steve Fuller show last week, I don't know where I saved it because we never could find it. It immediately went to the ether world or whatever. (laughs) But we're going to make sure we get it this week. Next week. Lenny will take care of that for (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and then in two weeks we got, oh, and our other guest next week after uh, Steve Fuller, and he was thrilled when I told him who who he was following uh, last night when we were texting. Is our old buddy Mark Hauser? We're going to talk. He said he's going to visit relatives, and they will be in a hotel in Bend, Oregon. And I said, "Well, just give me about twenty minutes. It'll be be about eight twenty year time when we call you. When I call you, so uh, have Mark Hauser next week. We catch up with him every year, and he's just a great guy. We love Mark, and Mark had a lot to do. Mark had a lot to do with getting me at this radio station, period, let alone uh, ended up, you know, us hosting our this particular show after Dale left. So thank you to Mark. Um, and then our last show, of course, we'll have Mike Helton on and do a lot of wrap-up. Deb's on every week. We love her. And uh, we'll even get Natalie to see if she'll come on and say a few words like she does every year. So uh, five seconds, Ronnie. What you got going on? Birthday party. Birthday party right after the, well, it's a birthday dinner for my granddaughter who turned 14 last Thursday. That's unreal. All right, Greg, five seconds. I just want to thank everybody. You know, well, don't, you ain't got time to thank everybody. <laughs> I, I can't name them all, but thank for all the sponsors, family, friends, ladies, and, and uh, Okay, that's friend, great, Greg. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll be back next week, and we're going to do it on Sunday again. So, so tune in. Uh, Natalie, we are on the way. The rest of you keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. 
To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSBG Spartanburg. Whether that's carrying cargo, bringing your team with you, ready, or navigating new terrain. Power up your